Yeah. Quarters podcast episode 122. And as you can see, we have some strange bedfellows with us tonight. Hi, Bill and Rebecca LeClaire. Now, Bill is uh, a fellow pirate performer that we've worked with before in the past, and Rebecca is his lovely, wonderful daughter. She's probably the brains of the outfit anyway. Now, <laughs> All right, but before we get any further into all that, there our guests will be talking about their great book in just a bit. Before we get into any of that, how do you find us, ladies and gentlemen? We'll use that QR code right there. Go to YouTube with that QR code, like us, follow us, hit the bell, do all those other things that everybody else says. I get tired of hearing it when I watch everybody else's podcast, but I guess we have to say it. Got to remind you, hit the bell, subscribe to us, keep track of us. We have some new things coming up every month and a new membership idea coming up. We hope that you'll join us and become a member of the Captain's Quarters podcast. And as always, we like to start off every show with a little bit of honor to some of the ones that have passed. So this year, or this week, I'm sorry, this week, Eight Bells, sponsored by the Riker family of reenactors. They do pirate, they do Spanish, they do British here in St. Augustine, and they are part of the St. Augustine Swashbucklers, and it's always good to have them around. So at this point, Davey always likes to throw a whole bunch of them in there. So bear with us as I try to do the reading. Go ahead, Davey. Catherine Cassius Rigby was an American competitive skier from Utah. She is most noted for her many achievements and first, first descents as the pioneer of extreme telemark skiing. Outside Magazine credited her as being the best female telemark skier in the known universe. When she appeared on the cover of Women, Women Outside in Fall 1998, she was 54 years old. Donald Edward Gillette, an American professional baseball player and coach. He played in the Major League Baseball as a left-handed pitcher from 70 to 78. He was a member of the Cincinnati Reds, Big Red Machine dynasty that won four National League pennants and two World Series championships between 70 and 76. Gillette was also a member of the New York Yankees team that won two consecutive World Series championships in 77 and 78. He was 73 years old. Tarin Pavlix, a Hungarian-born American mechanical engineer who developed the Apollo lunar rover. In 70, 71, the Apollo 15 carried the first lunar rover to the moon. In 71, Pavlix got a NASA award for for the success of the Apollo program. In 72, the Apollo 16 and 17 also carried lunar rovers. All three vehicles remained on the moon. He was 96 years old. Fulton. <laughs> Good job, Davey. Fulton Kaikendo was an American football player. He was a graduate from the University of California, Los Angeles, who played pro football from 75 to 85 for the Atlanta Falcons. The lanky, six foot four, 225 pound 
Kokendo started primarily at inside linebacker for the Falcons from 75 to 83, making the Pro Football Weekly All-NFC team in 78. He was 70 years old. John Michael Dexter Romweather, an American rockabilly and roots rock musician, primarily playing electric guitar from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Dex was best known as one half of the seminal two-piece flat duo Jets. He fronted the Dex Romweber duo with his older sister, Sarah Romweber. He was 57 years old. And Ederlene Louise Rodriguez was an American gospel singer, songwriter, and the matriarch of the American R&B soul vocal group, The Barge. She was the author of Other Side of the Pain, which documented her struggles in her marriage to her children's father and her children's rise to fame and struggles under the spotlight. She was 88 years old. Those are the six we have. And ladies and gentlemen, we have in memory of Sir James Vincentio. This was a good friend of ours, ladies and gentlemen. He was from Savannah. Uh, Logan Spencer was his real name. He succumbed to injuries from a motorcycle accident last week, and it was a real blow to many of the pirates in the local area here. He has been in my home at least three times in the last nine months to visit, sit, laugh, and drink rum. And when I heard of his passing uh, last week, it was one of those few times that it hit me well, hard. I will say this, having been in the military for a long time, sometimes the passing of others does not bother you as much as the passing of those that are close to you. Captain Barbosa from over in, I believe, England. And he um, passed on from, well, they didn't tell us. So I'm just going to say that he's gone to Fiddler's Green. Is there another one there, Davey? Um, no, you know what? <laughs> just the, I, you, I did find that one, I guess. I, I got confused. I guess you did. All right. Very good. I won't make you walk the plank tonight, Davey. You still did a good job. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, raise your glass. We always like to give eight bells to the passing of great people in our lives and in our society. Davey? Cheers. Joke of the Week is next with Mini Mayhem, sponsored by our good friend Salt City Comics out of Utah. He's the one that's made all the little cartoon characters of all of us guys and gal. And uh, he made, a, made us a good logo. We have not yet started to use it, but I believe we will start to use it soon. But he sponsors our Joke of the Week with Mini Mayhem. Davey, where is Mini? Ahoy, mate. Mini Mayhem here with Joke of the Week, sponsored by Salt City Comics. What is a pirate's favorite type of story? Think about it, and I will give you the answer at the end of the show. Hmm. Have to think on that one, but we'll have the reveal at the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. And then you can add one more pirate joke to your repertoire. Quote of the week with Spyglass Travel. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want a good walking tour of St. Augustine, call my friends up at Spyglass Travel. Kevin and Angie Rose, they run the whole thing, and it's a good bit of exercise if you want to wander around the oldest city in the nation. 
and get a really good historical walking tour. They are our sponsors for Quote of the Week. Davey? If there's a book that you want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. Tony Morrison. That's a good quote. What do you think there, Mr. Leclerc? I absolutely agree. That's, That's uh, pretty much the way we came about our position. I, th I think so. There it is. You had an idea for a book? Might as well write it. That's a good quote, Davey. Very appropriate for our show tonight. Very good, very good. Thank you. And let's see. Question of the week. I always try to make our questions of the week appropriate to our show. Tonight, it's sponsored by Ancient City Sirens. As always, Miss Gina and her girls. You need some dancers? Tribal, belly, fusion. I can't even list them all. But if you need that, call Ancient City Sirens. They'll dance for any event that you offer them. Of course, do remember, when you're bringing in entertainers, always make sure you compensate them some way, somehow. And on that, ladies and gentlemen, what is your favorite historical fiction, science fiction, fantasy, or pirate book that you might enjoy or would like to share with everybody? Obviously, tonight our show is all about books. And the book that we're talking about tonight kind of falls in a few of these categories. Am I correct there, Mr. LeClure? I indeed you are, Mr. Mahim. Ah, very good, very good. Upon that note, ladies and gentlemen, be thinking of your answer for your question. We'll go through and look at everybody. But for now, this week in nautical history, presented by Florida Water Tours. How appropriate is that? You want to watch or see St. Augustine from the water to Matanzas Bay? Call up our friends at Florida Water Tours. They've been a big help for some of our events already. And we are going to start, I believe in March, sponsoring a couple of their eco tours for the children. And in trade for our sponsorship, we get to put St. Augustine's swashbuckler's flag on their ship as it goes out. <laughs> Taking over another ship or two. That's it. Davey, go ahead. Welcome to This Week in Nautical History. Sponsored by our friends at Florida Water Tours. Experience the intercoastal waterway at its finest, featuring picture-perfect attractions. We begin this week in nautical history in the year 1797. The last invasion of Britain, launched by the French during the Revolutionary Wars, begins near Fishguard, Wales. 1856, the steam packet ship John Rutledge, en route from Liverpool to New York, hits an iceberg and sinks with the loss of 120 passengers and 19 crew. Only one survivor, Thomas Nye of New Bedford. 1875, the SS Gothenburg hits the Great Barrier Reef and sinks off the Australian East Coast, killing approximately 100 including a number of high-profile civil servants and dignitaries. 1909, Great White Fleet, first U.S. fleet to circle the globe, returns to Virginia. In March 1915, during World War I, British and French forces launch an ill-fated naval attack on Turkish forces in the Dardanelles a strategically vital strait separating Europe from Asia. 1917. British troop ship SS Mindy sinks off the Isle of Wight, 
646 die. 1944, Battle of Iniwetok ends as U.S. forces complete the capture of Perry Island from the Japanese 1st Amphibious Brigade. And finally, in 1945, U.S. 5th Fleet launches invasion of Iwo Jima against the Japanese with 30,000 U.S. Marines. And that was This Week in Nautical History. Very good, Davey. Very good. I did see one good word in there that got you tongue-tied. Now we're yes. even. <laughs> so, hey, my good friends there in the bottom screen, what do you think of that uh, nautical history? Because uh, Mr. Bill LeClaire, otherwise, as my friend Oli, we did a lot of pirating together. Oh, that we did. That we did. Nautical history is always fascinating because it, it does more to shape the world than just about anything else. You know, absolutely right. That's a good thought, a good word. It is it, it, nautical history and all those ships. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people wonder, and it, it threw into my mind, why do so many people die when a ship sinks? Well, when the ship sinks, it creates a whole lot of suction and pulls people down. If you haven't swam away from where it's going to sink, it's going to be a problem. That and the other thing, a lot of people don't really understand this. A lot of people back then, swimming was a, is a luxury for us. It's a sport. Back then, it wasn't anything. Hell, you couldn't even get them into bathtubs. Yeah. So there you have it. I see quite a few of us are here on the show. We're going to make mention of them. I see Parlay 8 is working. Very good. Working through Captain Blood right now, I see. Very good. Very good. Parlay 8 is a uh, sister uh, podcast that they run their shows on Thursday nights. <coughs> Upon that note, Davey. Uh, crew adventures. Let's just make it really quick. Ladies and gentlemen, the St. Augustine Swashbucklers uh, Captain's Quarters podcast will be involved in the Celtic Festival in March. If you want to get all of your beer from the St. Augustine Swashbucklers, we have the largest beer tent for the Celtic Festival. And we're joined by Genus Sirens, one other crew, the uh, Seawolf Privateers, and the pirate crew out of St. Mary's, Florida are coming down. Some of them are, are pulling. We have 63 beer shifts to pull, and we have four crews helping us do all this together. All the tip money divided up equally according to how many shifts each person works, just exactly like a pirate crew, and goes to their charities of their choice. So you want to get your beer and your whiskey. Oh, and here's a little hint. Believe it or not, this year, I just got a message from the people that run the Celtic Festival. There will be mead available at the booths this year. Mead. I will be trying it out. I was going to say something else, but I'll leave it at that. I, I will be drinking mead. Yes. So come on down to the Celtic Festival, which is March 9, 10, and 11, I believe. Am I right, Davey? I'm yes. looking at my calendar just to make sure. And I believe it is March 9, 10, and 11. It's 8, 9, and 10. I'm sorry. And then in April, we will be doing the Seafood Festival, which I believe is the 13th and 14th. So come out for the Seafood Festival. All of it at the grounds right next to the parking garage, Francis Field. Come on out and have a good time with us pirates and their causes for the Celtic Festival and the Seafood Festival. Upon that note, it is President's Day. Some people may not even know that, but we should honor President's Day, and Davey always comes up with something to do. So, Davey, go ahead. 
A federal holiday takes place in America on the third Monday in February. Confusingly, it's called Washington's birthday by some people and President's Day by others. This is because each state is free to name this holiday as they wish and decide if it is a state holiday or not. This has resulted in 14 different variations in the name for this holiday. Only 58% of companies give it as a holiday, making it the least observed holiday after Columbus Day. Most government offices and public schools will be closed and there will be no mail deliveries on this day. The first observation of this holiday marked George Washington's birthday in 1796, which was the last full year of his presidency. Washington, according to the Gregorian calendar, which had been in use since 1752, was born on February the 22nd, 1732. However, if you were someone who still used the old Julian calendar for dates before 1752, then Washington's birthday was on February the 11th. This meant that in 1796, some Americans celebrated his birthday on the 22nd, while others marked the occasion on the 11th instead. However, by the early 19th century, Washington's birthday had taken firm root as a bona fide American national holiday. Its traditions included birth night balls, speeches by prominent public figures, parades, and a lot of revelry in taverns across the country. Then along came Abraham Lincoln, another revered president and fellow February baby. He was born on the 12th of February. The first formal observance of his birthday took place in 1865, the year after his assassination. While Lincoln's birthday did not become a federal holiday like George Washington's, it did become a legal holiday in several states. In 1968, Washington's birthday was shifted from February the 22nd to the third Monday in February each year. This meant that the holiday for Washington's birthday could never fall on the actual date of his birthday. In 1971, President Nixon issued a proclamation calling the holiday President's Day, stating its intent to honour all past and present presidents. However, the official proposal to rename the holiday never happened, so the holiday officially remains Washington's birthday. Despite this, in the 1980s, advertising campaigns for holiday sales began calling the day President's Day. The term stuck, and by the early 2000s, President's Day had been adopted as the official name of the holiday in almost half the 50 states of the US. And as we know, nothing says President's Day or honors our presidents like a mattress sale. I mean, just <laughs> really. <laughs> Aye. And upon that note, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for me to introduce officially our guests who have been sitting there patiently listening to me babble on. So what should I say? <laughs> All right. So I first met this fine gentleman, and I use the term loosely. I'm a loose gentleman. I first met in 2007, I believe it was, the summer of 2007. He was the captain of a pirate crew out of Jacksonville. 
Um, he invited me to do a few things with them up there. And then the Black Raven happened. And then I got a position on the Black Raven and really worked hard to convince everybody that we needed another good performer and you got the job. Thank you very much. And we've been working ever since. We've done a lot of things together as pirates. Um, we've done a few things that so far um, nobody has really ever been able to duplicate. And the one thing, and you weren't available this last time, and that it's Pirates Court. We've slammed it out of the park so far. Nobody has been able to, to, to match our, our I look ability. forward to being able to do that again with you. But it's, What's that? It's to work. I look forward to being able to do that again with you if we just get it to work. Yes, we just pick out the days because you're busy. And why are you busy? Well, ladies and gentlemen, because with his lovely daughter, Rebecca, they wrote a book. And it's a great book. I actually read it in one sitting. It is called The Secret War of 1834. Um, so let me ask this. The BB for Leclerc is Bill and, and Becca? Becca and Bill. Bill. Becca. <laughs> All right. I will go with that. So I, maybe I should be addressing everything to you, right, Rebecca? <laughs> so I have one of the first ones. I got it, and it's autographed. Mayhem, my brother from another mother, enjoy from Ole Mackerel, and you are the best pirate I've ever met, and mom always liked you best. <laughs> Thank you for embellishing, but that's okay. Yes, I, I embellished a little bit, yes. It's a great book. So let me try to tell everybody what it's about, and then you correct me. Is that all right with you, Rebecca? Yeah. I find it to be a combination of uh, fictional history, uh, a little bit of steampunk, and a little bit of zombie, all mixed together. It's about a zombie apocalypse that happens just prior to the American Civil War. And because of the, the apocalypse of the zombies, the Civil War actually never really takes place then. Is that true? No. Or is that going to happen in another book? The, the Civil War is later enough, and the Secret War is secret enough that we, that we don't, we want this to happen. This has happened just under the veneer of actual history. So everything that you read in history happened as did this. We did a lot of research on this. Well, so, it's, it's a great book. Tell us, so Rebecca, tell us how you came up for this to begin with. Well, we both were really fascinated with steampunk. Um, and everything we looked for, as far as like an origin story, there wasn't really one written. There was obviously the um, H.P. Lovecrafts and such and so forth, but they kind of already had steampunk it wasn't there was no origin story it was just already there so we decided after much research and finding not much we decided to write our own and the best way to give birth to innovation in that kind of time period is to give them a new untested and untried foe that they have to then figure out how to fight because the usual methods of fighting and warfare aren't going to work against this strange new enemy so the strange new enemy that we gave them was zombies. Scientifically plausible zombies. That's kind of one of the things I really liked about the book was <clears throat> history. If you if you actually understand or read your history, innovations in inventions and, and, and things that are needed by mankind, they only come about when people are in turmoil. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. because because they are forced to do something or else. It's the same thing with um, with the space program. The space program has given us things like the pacemaker, the heart pacemaker. It's given us uh, microwave ovens. We wouldn't have had any of that if it wasn't for the space program. So yep. when it comes to innovations, innovations come for, and, and make society change just based on here it is, better do something with it or else. So um, you've been traveling around doing uh, doing various cons over the last year or so, right? You've done MegaCon. It was really good. You um, Tell us how you liked that one. MegaCon was fantastic. It was the best con so far for us. Uh, we had done MegaCon twice previously. Mm -hmm. And while they were both also fantastic, this one was by far and away our best con ever. Uh, we ended up getting a double wide booth this time and we're all the better for it. There was four of us there, my dad and I, my mom and my boyfriend, and he and I, or they and I all never stopped. It was constantly moving, constantly people stopping at the table and, and admiring our wares and reading our book, well, the back of the book. And it was, we sold 63, yeah. 63 at Megacon. That's really very really good. That, that's very good. Um, you do Ancient City Con, which is in World Golf yeah. Village here in St. Augustine, St. John's County. You do that. You've done that for, the, what, the last three years now? The book's been I out about three years, years, correct? About three years, yeah. The book has been out since uh, March of 2020. The book about our play hit. We got our in our hands in print so we could actually go after it. It came out the same month as the COVID plague. So, so you're COVID, responsible for all that. Hey. Well, yeah. literally a week after we got books in hand, COVID hit the world. Yeah. And so, so it shut everything down for us. We should have taken the opportunity to, to, you know, get the other book ready, but we were so demoralized, put on our heels that we, you know, we kind of lost a lot of, of ground with it, but we are making up ground now. We're back on our feet and running. Everything's going pretty well. Late 2020 was our first uh, author's table at a very small bookstore in Avondale. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and San that Marco. was in San Marco. And we sold, I think, five copies. Yeah, it wasn't. It was not fabulous, but it was, uh, it was a start. You know, and we're from there. Started doing cons. It started building traction. And a lot of people who go to, for example, at MegaCon, a lot, a few of those sales were people who I've seen you here before. Mm -hmm. All right, and I thought about getting this. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and get it now. So some of it takes time for people to believe in your product. To, to understand or to just say, okay, uh, I thought about it. Now I'm going to do it. And we've had regular con goers who have come back to our table and are <laughs> eagerly awaiting the sequel. They, they pester. All but beat us over the head. Where's the next book? We like We're waiting. We're waiting. I, I'm curious about the next book. Um, so let, let me just ask, how far along are you on the second book? And, and what do you think? We are... Very, very close. A handful past the, of months. Past the three-quarter mark on getting the thing written. Um, we've got the um, you know, all the all the stuff figured out and mapped out. We just have to get it on paper. And my schedule, our schedule is pretty hectic and it's hard to sit down 
and and hammer out a few pages. Especially uh, so during conference. Let me ask a question then, having read the book and knowing the end of the book and everything, I'm going to ask a question. But if you don't want to answer it because it might give away anything, totally respect that. But does the second book take place because they may not have actually stamped out everything they thought they had? You are correct, sir. Yes. And, and we don't have to go any further than that. Well, if you recall the, the end of the second book, first, uh, the end of the first book, um, there's news of, well, I, if you haven't read the first book, I guess I don't want to give away too much. But the second book is called The Tainted Arrow, which means there's more trouble afoot and there's something else in the mix. And so we'll leave that to, to dangle out there on the hook. Captain? Yeah, go ahead, Davey. Um, I need to put this out because people are asking. So for those of you who are asking, you can get their book uh, um, yes. from their own website, or these are just some of them that you can find them. Amazon, Goodreads, eBay. I mean, they have them all over. So for those of you that are wondering, that is where you can get the book. Very good. I'll, See, we have a lot of people already, already interested in your book. So hopefully some sales will happen. So what what is the cost? Of, let's, let's just go ahead and throw this out there. What's the cost of your book on all the, all the different platforms right now? Do you know? Uh, the cost of the book itself in paperback form is $15. That's what we sell it for at, at cons. I it believe, may be slightly more on various. I believe online it's around 16 and if you get the digital format, I think it's like four because there's no printing cost involved. Oh, so there's a digital format for Kindles then? Yeah, yeah. I saw that. They're like three three ninety nine, I think. Oh, very yeah. cool. That's good. And you're working on a you're working on an audio of the book, right? Yes, yeah. the audio book will be out end of the month. That's that's the promise from our guy. That's he says he's got it recorded and he's doing the editing now. And he's in the final phases of the editing and he should have his the promises by the end of the month, maybe sooner. Um, so uh, anybody famous doing the voices or just somebody that does uh, audio books on, on a general principle? Well, he's not famous yet, but when the book goes big, he'll go big. <laughs> well, I, I liked, I liked the characters in the book. I thought a lot of the characters were, were, um, how do I, let's see, impressionable is not the word I want to use, but you liked a lot of the characters. You really, you you fell into line with the characters. You, this will sound really silly, but maybe it's true anyway. You, as you're reading the book, you end up with, with somewhat of a relationship with some of the characters. Thank you. Um, that and was it, it, I, I really, I mean, I, I know I keep saying this, that I really enjoyed this book, but I really did. And after I read it, the first thing I told you was, what a great TV series this would make. Yes, yes please. please. Yes, please. Yes. I, I, yes think it would, I think it would make a really good television series. Um, a lot of tropes that are in place and the things that the writers, people tell, you know, when you get to the, the writer seminars and tell you how to do stuff, a lot of those tropes and those things that they tell you to do, we break a lot of those rules on purpose, right on in your purpose. face. One of them is they say to have one hero, right? Yeah. We, we have, have an ensemble cast. You do. Um, You've got like, at least. Now I've got to go back because I read the book when it first okay. came out. So I got to go back and think. But you, you have at least eight to twelve major likable characters in this whole thing. At least eight to twelve. I could be I could be short selling it, but at least eight to twelve. Um, and, and it's just I I, I really and it and it's 
the other thing too is it's not all in one direction you are in several different areas several different directions several different modes it, it, it's kind of like a war yeah which it is but not all wars are fought on the front exactly yeah, i don't want to compare ourselves to somebody great or whatever you know and, and come off as pompous but um lord of the rings now that's a difficult book to read great movie to watch yeah. yes um, but it takes place in more than one place. It centers around more than one person. Yes. yes. You've got the hobbits, you got the elves, you got the dwarves, and at points, they're all going in their own direction. Um, and then it comes together to make the story work. I'll, I'll give you another example. When I was in college, I, I took literature in college, and the required reading was the Dune trilogy. Yes. That's yes. tough. It is a tough book to read, but I just watched some of the first parts of, of the movie, the, the newest movie, and it, it lays it all out there and things that I knew about in the book make more sense in the movie. So some of these books like The Hobbit or the Dune Trilogy, they're, they're so wordy because they've got all these things to do and all these these episodes or these these characters to, to, to combine in some way, shape or form that you really can lose it. But the movie does help. Your characters are not lost, though. You 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 don't go, you don't go for three or four chapters on one character and then come back expecting everybody will remember it. Some of your characters, even though are in different places, are all in the same chapter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and they're they're acting at the same moment in time, so to speak, and so that it's easy to correlate what's going on. That's our intent. So. Um, it happens in 1836. 34. Thir 34. Okay, I just put my glasses on. That's all good. Um, so your outfit is part yeah. of the book. So explain your you outfit. Part of the book. And if you age this guy considerably, I'm that. Uh, hey, Davy, can you flash the book thing up again for us? Yeah, put the book up again, Davy. Theirs or, or the one I have? The one you have. Oh, which that one will do. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So you see the guy there. All right, so that is Sergeant Chambers, the guy in the front in the uniform. I modeled my uniform after him. Now behind him with the bow is Nectosha, the Indian lad. And then just over Captain's shoulder is the hunter or the trapper, John. Those are three of the main characters. Uh, Sergeant Chambers' wife, Sophie, is another one. And and so each one has their moment in the sun, so to speak, because that's just the way they develop. Whenever, you, If you've ever done any writing, and I hope if, if you people watching or, or you guys with us, um, if you haven't tried writing, try it. If you draw pictures, you know, great, draw pictures of characters. But they'll once you get them started and fixed in your head, they'll tell you what to do next. The story will write itself to a certain degree. So th those main characters, once we develop their personalities and characteristics, are, are strong enough, we felt, to just propel you through the story. And that's the way it worked for us writing it. And that's what we've been told time again that it works as you read. Take that one down, Davey, please. All right. So, Rebecca. When you guys were writing the book, 
did you write separately and then come and compare notes or did you sit down at the at the dinner table at night and start working on ideas and writing notes how did you do it we wrote separately but we wrote in a google doc so we could visually see each other changing and adding things in real time if we were to sit down in the same room together we'd get talking and and spitballing ideas and nothing would get written it never <laughs> we tried it. we tried well, it several times it ADD kid said we'd take well, off yeah, yeah. squirrel um, but there were portions that he wrote exclusively. There were portions that I wrote exclusively. Uh, chapter 14 is entirely my creation. Um, also, if I may. Yes. Uh, we would edit each other's work because yes. our shortcomings in writing complement each other. Whereas she is very good in layout and format and structure and stuff like that. I'm very good in making a conversational dialogue propel the, the story and so we kind of wash over each other's writing and it balances out did you have well. any at all head to heads on a couple of things very Not very me. little we've very, had some differences of opinion um one of us will both look at it and go okay on this one i'm right on this one you're right yeah and it works there out there was uh brief moment during the writing of the second book where something very pivotal happens and we both couldn't decide on how it should be We were completely written. polarized on it. So we both went and wrote our own bits and then traded and read them and Threw decided. my bit out and kept it. You did a great <laughs> I job. I mean, I wasn't going to say that part, but yeah. So <laughs> when, when, when do you expect the second book out? Uh, a couple of months. Well, we'll have it to, we expect to have it to the publisher in a couple of months, maybe less, depending on when, how much time I can get in front of the computer. And uh, after that, it's a month or so, and we'll start seeing books and, and be able to put books in people's hands. So can we make a tentative plan to, to put you guys, uh, give you a second episode of the show in August, which would be just before Ancient City Con? We'd be delighted. Yes. With that, you think that'll work out? I we don't have to set a date, but we look at August and see what we can do. I, I, are, are there any cons that you go to in August? I, there's not a lot in the summertime, is there? Yeah, but we're, we're going to be taking off to the Great White North, uh, the wife and I. Yeah. Okay. Um, We've got a family reunion thing that we delighted to go, but we had no choice to go. <laughs> um, and so that's going to take like half the month by the time we get, you know. Um, well, let's look at if the if the book comes out, let's look at towards the end of August leading into September because uh, Ancient City Con, if I remember the dates right, Ancient City Con will be looking at my date calendar here. Ancient City Con will be either the 20th, 21st, and 22nd, or the 14th, 15th, and 16th. I don't remember which one it is now. It's always somewhere around Talk Like a Pirate Day. Do you have, do you have that, Rebecca? Yes. We're looking it up. Ancient City Con is the 13th, 14th, and 15th. Okay, there you go. So maybe the 2nd or the 9th, those are both Mondays, and we can have you come down and, and be a part of the show, and we'll, we'll talk to... Um, um, our friends there at for Ancient City Con and tell them we're going to do it and see if they'll they'd like to have us do a little bit more talking about Ancient City Con too and kind of combine it all together and talk about your second book. I'd love to do yeah. that. I'd I, love I, to. I would love to come down and hang out in your quarters. 
Uh, this time, logistics just didn't allow for it. Right. No, no. And, and by the time you come back down, Captain's Quarter is going to change a little bit here. We're making some plans to change some things here. And uh, I can't expand the space, but I can, I'm changing some of the furniture decor and really making a big change here. Hey, that's a good magic trick. Earlier, that was a dog. Yeah, it's... Uh, they, that's Tinkerbell. Yeah. <laughs> I did not so, name cat. I named that cat. <laughs> have you had anybody at all approach you about TV or movie yet for this? We've not had yet. a lot of people say this should be a movie, this should be a TV show, including it's, yourself. But, but it's people like us. It's Yeah, it's the people that have read the book and have, or even just read the back of it and... Yeah, when we're, we're standing at the table talking about it. Because some of the scene, because we wrote the book, and, and we're probably the first generation, you and I, uh, Mayhem, to, to do this. We wrote the book based on what we grew up with, which is movies, big action, yes. cool movies. And that's, so I get the picture in my head. I want this scene to happen. So how do I get my people over to this scene to make this, to make this happen? And uh, so it's written like a movie if that makes sense so i've got an idea then and that's one of the things this show is a lot of fun with i we just i throw all kinds of things out there um we just finished working yet sunday was the last shoot day of a movie we've been working on called time will tell it's about a witch that goes back in time runs into a pirate the pirate helps her kill off a couple of puritan preachers who are killing off all the witches falsely and so it, 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 it's it's one of those short movies. You've seen short movies on, on the YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those short movies. And several years ago, we did a very short movie, like a six or seven minute movie in a cemetery I built in my old backyard, my old house. I got a bigger backyard and a bigger cemetery. and We're thinking about doing another one. What might be really uh, beneficial for you is something for you to think about. And maybe there's some collaboration here between us because we both have certain talents. Maybe pick some kind of a really cool scene out of the book that would make a good short movie only 15 to 20 minutes and put and do that and then put that out there. That'll actually generate as much interest if you stay true to your, your, your costuming and everything else. Um, that might be a good way to put that out there and other people are going to go, hey, that would make a good movie. But we we could do that if you wanted. I'd like to help do that. Absolutely. And I think you you and I have worked together well enough for you to know that as you're making the second half of your statement, I'm already planning, basing yeah. on the first half of your statement, which scene we're going to use and how we're going to do it and everything. So, yeah, let's go, Big Daddy. Yeah, we can do that. And we've got enough people. We've got Davey and a couple other people with our own cameras, our own lights. And we've... We've improved our equipment here, right, Davey? We got all Hi. kinds of stuff, so we're yep. in good shape. Nightingale in Florida asked, what is the toughest part of writing? Staying focused. Staying focused and getting, getting the words from your head and the scenes from your head through your fingers onto your... Now, I say it like this, but when I type, it's like this. It's like... <laughs> um, you, you, getting, you, you believe in the hunt and peck method? Yes. I, like Hard I have core. a choice, but yes. <laughs> Um, but that's that's the, the challenge. However, I have found that it helps me focus to go through the process of typing that sentence out. And as I, like I just said to you about your statement, as I get through that sentence, the other one's already forming in my head. And it helps me to focus and get everything going 
So if I can get the time in front of the computer and I've got the concept in the head, because what I'll do is as I'm driving down the road or whatever, I'll be thinking it'll come up in my head and I'll, I'll think about, wow, wouldn't it be cool if these guys did this to make this happen? And then I just work out the way to get them from here to there. And then I sit down and I go, okay, so he would have to say this. And then it just goes step by step. But that's the tough part is to getting, taking the patience to get those steps to line up and go right through. And with this being a historical fiction, there's a lot of research that is involved, not just in, in keeping with true historical fact as far as, you know, what happened in history, but what was available at the time. You couldn't true. use the word okay in the book because people didn't say that back then. I had to research when a fountain pen was created because of a one-off line at the very beginning of the book about uh, our doctor putting his fountain pen in his pocket. Um, and I there couldn't was several... say that Sergeant Chambers had kids. That's goats. Yeah. Children. He had children. Yeah. There's several true historical people in the book. Uh, Samuel Colt, Rufus Porter, Orson Miss Morrison, who was the first governor of Chicago. Mayor. Both. Yeah. And the mortician. Yeah. And the sheriff. Constable. This guy was everything. He was the guy. And yeah. in your book also, and, and I talk I talk about this with some of the kids that come through the museum because we have um, a doctor's office in the in the first part of the museum. And we talk to the kids, and I, I tell the kids doctors were not spread all over the map the way they are now, and they're specialized. So yeah. the doctor could have been also the dentist, he could have been the mortician. He could the have been the, the barber. Um, he could have been the pharmacist, and he could have been the veterinarian. They they wore many hats back then. So Absolutely. When you're doing your book, you probably found these things to be yeah. things that worked with the book, and then other things you went, well, can't use that. So uh, Nightingale in Florida pops up something else. Do you ever have a dream that gives you ideas on your stories to write? Yes. I, I know had, that I want to know all these dreams there. <laughs> I had a very vivid dream about magical rings that exists in the world. And they're as prolific as pennies. And some are super, super mega ultra powerful. And some are just, you know, you can change the color of t-shirts if you wear this ring. You know, it's sort of similar to... Uh, an old Florida writer, very famous Florida writer named Piers Anthony and his Xanth series where everyone is born with a magic talent, but every ring has a magical ability. That just was a very vivid, very fleshed out dream that I had one night. And now I'm going to write that once we're done with the secret war trilogy. And I want to strongly encourage anybody that has had that dream because somebody posted that. So they've had a dream, write it down or at least take a scratch pad and write down the basic ideas yeah. as soon as you can and get that uh, formatted out. And while that cre that person, that creature, that dream is living in your head, so it doesn't go to sleep. And once you get that momentum going and keep that character or that scenario going, it's a lot easier to proceed with that and, and get that story, poem, book, whatever it is, written out. I, I had... The same thing was for me when, uh, as you know, I'm a magician and, and you did magic too. Yes, yes. I always kept a pad of paper because I would have dreams about magic tricks and I'd wake up and write them down and then, and then thumb through and work out the routines and the ideas. 
And I had a few really good ones that came about from some of those dreams. I had some that were really crap, but you know, <laughs> hey, everything can't be a, a hit across the fence. But so Zachary Harker says he found when writing stories, if he used voice to text, as if I was telling the story to someone, as you said, ideas hit when driving, then later he would go back and edit the text. Did you ever do it that way? I tried. I tried like, because I drive uh, all over the state of Florida oh, for wow. my job. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a sales guy and my territory is Florida and half of Georgia. There's a lot of windshield time. And I tried doing that. Um, and it just, what came out at the end of it wasn't good. I didn't like it. I wanted to be more cohesive in, in the way that I was telling the story. So I may try it again uh, at some point in the near future, but uh, it just, now one guy, um, Anderson, Kevin J. Anderson, is that his second? Wrote Dune, wrote the series Dune. Yes, yes, yes. I okay. Now we went to a seminar out in Colorado in which he was one of the attendees and one of the, the key speakers. The way he writes is he goes walking through the mountains of and, and uh, monolith mountains of Colorado and dictates into a, a, a recorder. And that's the way he writes his books. Congratulations. I can't do that. No. <laughs> you know, like I said, I need that that focus right. of going through and getting the sentences in order. Did you ever have any writer's block? Uh, during the first book or did it all come out pretty cool the first one came out fairly fluidly the second one we're having some issues because we have to build on what was already there so you have to keep a certain continuity also we've had some major real life just came up and kind of slapped us upside the head yeah yeah but... yeah i understand so... that so pagan third pagan pirate 13 asked will the digital book and the audio book be available to buy at ancient city con Yes, uh, we have these little cards that are um, USB drives, and they look like business cards. They're uh, about, I don't know, half a dozen business cards thick, and you flip up a tab inside them, and it turns into a USB drive. It's got the cover of the book on one side. You plug it into anything with a USB drive, and it has the digital book on it. Very that cool. It just has the digital book on it. As soon as we get the audio version of the book in uh, email, I guess is how it's going to be coming, then the uh, audio book and digital book will be available on that. This is what it looks like. Oh, very very cool. cool. You can see the thumb or the yeah. uh, thumb yeah. right there. Look at that. Magically, it appears. Very cool. Well, and uh, um, that'll be a good good excuse to get more people to come out to see you at Ancient City Con. For yes. sure. For sure. And um, if you buy it at Ancient City Con, we also sign the back. That's why the back is blank. Ah, autographs. Yes, Very and good. your choice of colors. Ooh, Ooh. color. Ooh. So <laughs> you did you did drop a hint a couple of a couple of sentences back. This is a trilogy you're working on. Yes. It is going to be a trilogy. Uh, this uh, Secret War of 1834 is the first book. Uh, Tainted Arrow is going to be the second book. Uh, third book does not have a title yet. They kind of come to us as we're writing. And the overall trilogy will be called Zombies vs. Steampunk. Very cool. 
I, I yeah. like it. I mean, I, I can't say enough about the book. I enjoyed it a lot. My wife's been reading it. She's liked it. Uh, we've talked to a lot of people about it. Um, and anything we can do to help you do more about it, <clears throat> that's one of the reasons we, we started doing this podcast. It's, uh, the, the podcast not just for me to put my ugly face on a screen and scare everybody away. <clears throat> the podcast, we, we thought, I mean, look at all the sponsors we have. We have all these sponsors, so we're advertising them all the time. It's a great big we help people. We, we want to, you know, we've had other authors. Uh, Wicked St. Augustine, the author of Wicked St. Augustine, has been on the show. Um, uh, another author that wrote a book about what might have been Anne Bonnie's life had she escaped from prison and tried to go straight. Um, it's a good book. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's really, it's a good book. So we've had them on on the show and uh, we're getting ready to have uh, in March. This is kind of getting ahead of our sequencing, though, but we're getting ready to have a guy that's, that's been working on. And you'll find this interesting. He has found literature and evidence and he's been studying on it for the past, I think, five to seven years that he has evidence now that shows that Blackbeard's crew, once Blackbeard died, Blackbeard's crew was never rounded up, never put on trial, and never executed for their crimes. And he has evidence to that. So he's going to be on the show. And I think he's going to be on the show in March, um, first week yeah, in March. And yeah. so we're going to talk about that. It's a conspiracy theory. I like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. so we'll see what we can do. Um, are you doing any... When I seen you at, at Ancient City Con, you had a whole lot of little paraphernalia. I'll call it that for now. Maybe that's not the right word. Aye, right, there's something there. Um, are you making things to that are that are part of um, the book that you're making to sell, or just making it for the for the demonstration of your booth? Both. 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 Yes. For the most part, what we make uh, or what we have in the booth is is to sell because we're promoting not only our book but the whole steampunk genre because it's in most cons in most places uh, underrepresented in our opinion right so we have to get people to understand what steampunk is and give them a chance to get involved in it and get our book so we have plague mass which are featured in our book because that was the technology at the time right as far as it had advanced even though it was not new and should have been but it, when you look into it and people that have read about it, the mass that they had then, the, the noses were full of uh, cotton and, and carbon and, and flowers and stuff and much more effective. Lavender. Much more effective than the things that we have today. Yes. Um, so we have plague masks. We have goggles. We have um, uh, dice towers. This is uh, a dice tower. You stick the die in his little eye holes and it comes out that... Uh, that's <laughs> she said I <laughs> yeah you just there you go and it comes yeah, out very cool well. hey Davey put their website yeah, back up you. again please we also um, have dioramas with uh, moving airships and that got us into a lot more of the D&D &D stuff because people would die by the dioramas which comes with a, a, a set of dice and a dice tower and a dice tower so that they can game with it and a handful of figs yeah <laughs> The last one we sold had a uh, plague of zombie rats as the bad guys. So I'm looking at your website now. Very good website. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so the mask is there. Very good. It I, has like the plague, I like the plague doctor's hat. 
I'd look good in that hat. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. And the book's there, too. You can get yes. the book there. Very good. Very good. So I, I, I want to share with, because we you've made reference, I've made reference that our thought process is probably one of the reasons we, we are a fairly decent improv act together is because we're less than a year apart in age. We grew up with the same TV genres, yeah. the same comedians, the same idea of what funny is. Um, you did magic when you were younger. I still do magic when I'm young. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so our thought process is basically uh, when we go along a comedy line, we, we don't we don't need any scripting. We pretty much know what the other one's going to say or do or be aware of it. And, and that's one of the reasons why our pirate court was was in, in 2008 was was so good. And I want to say something, uh, Captain Mayhem, the, th the fact that my thoughts line up so well with yours, frankly, terrifies me. Yes, it, 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 it's probably not a good thing. Um, <laughs> Right, because you know it's 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 akin to being married, and I don't want that either. So. Oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that's. But now you left the rave, the Black Raven, just before COVID. Uh, uh yeah, about a year before COVID, I would guess. About a year before COVID, yeah, and yeah. and COVID was the other reason that we started working on this idea for this podcast because. Uh, who knew what, how long it was going to last? And I was trying to figure out how, how do we how do we still do what we like to do? Talk to people, uh, teach people, share with people. How do we still do it? Yeah, podcast is it, um, or or the internet is it. So this is this is the birth of what we've we we started on. Talk like a pirate day twenty twenty one, right, Davy? Yes. Yes, 2021, because it's it's part of our our our, our Gmail address um, is 21. So we we started it, you know, three years ago. So um, we've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations, which I sure you have with the book. Um, yes. You know, trying to keep online with the printing of it and everything else. So you're not self-published, then, are you? We are. You yes. are okay. Yeah. Um, sorry. I think they called it uh, independent. Independent. Because we to a publisher to get it dispersed, but we paid for the publishing. Right. Now, um, it's, it's kind of a hybrid situation. There's a company called Outskirts Press, and we contracted them, so to speak, and it's a uh, an a la carte type plan. You, you say, all right, I'm going to publish my book through your house, and then do you want it edited do you want it uh, uh, available on Amazon? Available? Do you want to use our artwork or supply your own? All these different things factor into once you do it. Now, once we initially got the book set up, um, now we had another guy do our artwork. We're thrilled with the guy. Benjamin Davis is his name. And we had him do our, the cover of our second book as well, um, which we've got. And uh, so... We got our own artwork. We got them to publish it. And getting reprints is fairly easy. We just call them up and say, send us a bunch more. Um, so, but we maintain all the rights to the book. Um, and we didn't have deadlines, which would have killed us because we got seriously waylaid during COVID and various other life problems. Right. So um, 
we are our own thing and we they we hire them to do this we hire them you know the, the audio guy to do that so forth and so on well the cover is great if if you look at the cover especially if you know the characters and as you pointed out three of the major characters are on the cover and, and you can see the, the the difference in the characters you you've got a hunter trapper you've got an indian you've got a soldier yeah there's your there's three of your directions of the book right there and all three of those groups are working together to fight all those ugly ones on the other side yeah, yeah. So, and the and airship you, flying above and the airship yes the airship too i saw you're at, at, at ancient city con the little model you had of an airship flying around i, yeah. I, I that was pretty cool um by popular trend, we now make those for sale because people will come by and see we had a big one and people were like about the size of this table and people are like, can i buy that and i we're like no uh, it's, it's so for display so we scaled it down made it in a way that we could sell it and so we've got four of them flying around on time. our table at, you know at any given time Last so i don't, I don't see them on the website yet they are uh, con exclusives. We do not sell them. Ah, okay, very good. Very good. Can't ship them. Yeah, there's no way to ship it safely. Yeah, I understand that. That makes sense. Well, you've got it's. I, I, as I keep saying, I can't say enough about the book, and it has nothing to do with our friendship. It has everything to do with the quality of the book. It's well, a great you. story. It really is a great story. It falls in line with with. It, 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 for me, it was a one-night read. I, I started reading it, and I just didn't want to put it down. I was like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Oh, wow. And so, you know, it really was. Um, so I, I hope that several of the people here will read it. I keep this one here on my shelf. I have a whole collection of books now from doing the podcast or meeting other authors through the museum. I, I have my own library of stuff, and your book is amongst all these here. Um, and it is really worth anybody listening. It is really worth. Hold on. I have. What's <coughs> Blimey. All right. My apologies. Sorry about that. I must be allergic to the to the book. I don't know. So anyway, I it's it's been a great book. I don't want you to go anywhere. We do have a couple of other segments to do. I want you to stay and add your two cents worth. I'll give you a penny back if it's not worth it. Um, and, and let's let's add some more to it. But we always go into This Week in History, which is sponsored by our good friends at Dick's Wings. So, and I will give you, believe it or not, I always give my guests sometimes around the end, I give you the last word. So I, I'm giving you a heads up, think about what the last word is. And only one word though, that's it. Um, <laughs> but no, we'll, we'll give you something for sure. But Davey, let's go ahead and hit up This Week in History. All right. Welcome to This Week in History, sponsored by our good friends at Dick's Wings Bar and Grill. Wings, salads, wraps, quesadillas, and more. No matter what your taste buds crave, they've got you covered. We begin This Week in History in the year 1807. U.S. Vice President Aaron Burr arrested in Alabama for treason, later acquitted. 1828, first American Indian newspaper in U.S., Cherokee Phoenix, published. 1839, Congress prohibits dueling in District of Columbia. 1862, 
Congress forms U.S. Bureau of Engraving and Printing to print newly issued U.S. paper currency, the United States Notes. 1878, world's first telephone directory issued, 50 subscribers, New Harbor, Connecticut. 1879, first Woolworth's Great Five Cent Store opened by Frank Winfield Woolworth in Utica, New York. It fails almost immediately. 1913, first prize inserted into a Cracker Jack box. 1931, Alka-Seltzer introduced. 1944, Batman and Robin comic strip premieres in newspapers. 1947, first instant developing camera demonstrated by Edwin Land at the Optical Society of America in New York City. 1962, John Glenn becomes the first American to orbit the Earth aboard Friendship 7. 1964, UK flies a half ton of Beatles wigs to the US. 1968, first US teacher strike, Florida. And finally, in 1974, first American Music Awards, Helen Reddy and Jim Croce win. And that was This Week in History. Very good. I, I, I don't remember getting my Beatles wig, though. <laughs> I could have used it. Um, I could use it now, actually. My wife keeps telling me I'm going thin. So let's see here. Um, guests on deck. That's what we like to talk about. Or mail call. Let me do mail call first. Mail call, actually, ladies and gentlemen, is kind of a combination of one of two things. Either mail. Who sponsors it, Captain? Who sponsors what? Mail call? Marco's Pizza. Absolutely right. I, they're new in town, and boy, do they have a great product. I love it. They've been sponsoring and helping us with some of our other events, and I really do like their pizza better than most of the other pizzas I've had in town now. I love Marco's Pizza. They're getting ready to open a second one uh, in, in the next couple of months over on State Road 16, and so we will help them with that also. So I always like to throw some words of thought out there in mail call. And so bear with me as I try to do this. Let me have my light here so I can see what I'm doing. That'll make it easier for me. So just a question on professionalism. This is part of our three or four part series we've been doing on professionalism as entertainers. Professionalism and courtesy when it comes to referrals, for example. If you're going for a job interview or working on a project or an event, before you use someone as a referral in your favor to bring support to your event, your project, or to get that job, shouldn't you, out of a courtesy, ask the person whose name you're about to drop before you drop their name? Give them an opportunity or a heads up so that they know in case they're contacted themselves um, to be used as a reference. It's just common courtesy. The other day I was contacted by someone who was approached by another uh, individual in our circles. And I was totally surprised because the person that's using my name um, has always been unprofessional and very negative towards myself and my pirate crew. But now they want to use my name. Big, giant question marks. Yeah. Two thoughts to consider. Depending on how you want to use the name of my crew or Mayhem or anybody else, we are now bound to your event or your project. If it succeeds, great. Then we all benefit. 
But any negative that comes from your event or your project or your work abilities, if you get a job, can and often will become attached to the person you used as a reference. It's one of the reasons I'm very seldom willing to reference people for jobs, because if they have poor job quality, that comes back on me and somebody will say, hey, why did you tell us to hire them? Well, because they're family. Well, they suck. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you want to really be careful about it. So a simple courtesy ahead of time should always be considered. And if someone contacts me, which always happens, I get contacted all the time by people. I inform them and, and they inform me that Mayhem or the Swashbuckler's name is being used to open the door. Sometimes my smile and silence says more than me adding to the drama of others trampling on good things. I just smile and nod. In closing, I do realize there may be times you can't always do this and check with somebody. Uh, sometimes conversations happen on the spur. But the, one, but the one I mentioned in the beginning of this message just made me laugh. Somebody that doesn't like me, um, doesn't like my crew, gets really negativity all through the community, and then turns around and wants us to give a, a good reference to them. It just doesn't work. In closing, think about this. Professional courtesy goes a long way in building bridges to successful times. That's it. Mm -hmm. I would never take that book and copy it and make another steampunk book for two reasons. One, I'm not that good a writer. <laughs> but two, why take from somebody else's talent? Um, you should work in your own. That's why I offered earlier in the show that maybe we could collaborate on a couple of things. But it's out there. It's in the public. We've talked about it. And that's as far as it needs to go. I, it, that's, that's just courtesy between entertainers. Um, and so I hope people will remember that. Professional courtesy is very, very important. We have people now using the podcast also. Hey, we've developed the podcast for a reason. We help. We like to hope that we help people do what we do, but we also don't want to be trampled on. Just that simple. Hi. Right. Would you agree, Mr. Oli? I indeed I do, sir. Yes, I so um guests next week or guests in the future. I have a few that I want to talk about. Just to show you how diverse our show is, we always talk about history. Oli and, and Rebecca's book, it's got history in it. There's actual real historical points in the book. That's good. History is important. So we're very diverse. There's that book on zombies, but with a little bit of history. In July, we're going to talk about the history of Superman. He is an international icon. He has changed the lives of many people. We're going to talk about him. In April, we're going to talk about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. His assassination changed the world. Yeah. We're going to talk next week about uh, Blackbeard's crew and the mysterious things going on behind it. So... We do all kinds of things. We've already talked about doing something more with B.B. Leclerc and the second book that comes out, hopefully by the end of the summer, we can talk about it. We have so many things planned. World Belly Dance Day is May 6th. No, I will not be belly dancing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but Miss Gina will be our guest on that show that night, and we will actually talk about it. April 1st, I have plans. I actually have at least two, working on a third, to have three magicians come and sit around the poker table, change all the camera angles, and do a show sitting with three or four other magicians from around the area 
and talk about magic stuff and just have a good time, a good conversation. As you can see, like we always say, our shows started at about an hour, but when we have good guests, they always go over, and we're still got a few more things to do here. So obviously we have another good guest or guest as the case may be. So we are a wide variety of subject matter, all of it in some way, shape or form intertwining to history. So do you miss pirating? I do, I do. I miss some of the five pirates that I hung out with and uh, and the entertaining, you know, being in front of the, the, uh, the guests and people on the ship. Uh, I miss a lot of it, but there's a lot of it I don't miss. Yes, right. I, I, I think we both would have good stories on the on the don't side. Yeah, uh, yeah. I um, I I really, after 13 years at the museum, I just I truly enjoy people, and it, I know it happened on the Black Raven. Every year, families come for their annual vacation, and they want the same picture, same pose, same everything, and that's flattering. That means you made yeah. a difference in their life, some way, shape, or form. And as bloody damn pirates, we've done it. I love being part of somebody's family culture where they walk away quoting some silly joke that you said or yes. factoid, and that's very cool. Yeah, I remember all the jokes we used to do on the on the show, and uh, wow, it was just. And you know, when the one that really comes to mind, you got to remember this. Remember Chelsea? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about already. Yeah, the song. The song and the guy. And we were laughing so hard we couldn't do anything for a good 15 minutes, and the, and the crowd was laughing at us. Yeah, yeah. So those kind of good times that I really remember and I love. I miss, but that that's a good yeah. part. Yeah. yeah. So we do have to work together on a few other things, and I really would like that, Davey. Before we go into anything else, before we do joke of the week, let's go back real quick and look at some of our comments, see if we missed anything. Is that all right with you, Mr. Davey? Yep. So let's see. Zachary Harker is in Michigan, believe it or not, watching us from Michigan. Um, we always welcome him along. Athena Rivers is over in the panhandle of Florida. Bo McCauley, uh, Mo Cahey. Um, I'll get it right once in a while. Don't shoot me, Bo. She's up in uh, the Virginias, I believe, along with Parlay 8. They're up there also. Ransom Mayhem is over in... Um, Panama City Beach. Uh, let's see. Zachary Harker says one of his favorites was Brow Stoker's Dracula. I'm sure he meant Brom. <laughs> but I thought I'd point, point it out. And Parlay 8, they say they're working through Captain Blood. Ah, uh, Raphael Sabatini, he did Captain Blood and Seahawk. Both of them turned into movies with Errol Flynn as, as a leading character. So that was, those are both, both good books. And we have references to them in the Pirate Museum. Captain Smoo is on. He is from Quebec, Canada. See, we have an international following all of a sudden. Oh. And according to the list, Captain Smoo will be in St. Augustine March 27th. I'm sure that can change a little bit, but that's a Wednesday evening. So I will be trying to figure out something to do to uh, have a small social uh, while they're here. So we'll see what happens. Um, there's Jim. He's from St. Augustine. He's always watching us. Very good. Nightingale in Florida and Sky Jockey. They're watching us from St. Augustine. They're part of the St. Augustine Swashbucklers. Uh, Zachary Harker says, unless I missed something, I thought steampunk kicks off during the Victorian period and technology just never went past steampunk powered. Is that true or false? Yeah. 
It is. Some of uh, the stories it's true or false. It's yeah. true and false. A lot of the steampunk community uh, thinks of themselves as time travelers, mm -hmm. where you can skip about, pick up a piece of technology here, take it back to here. It really hit its own in Victorian period. A little bit later, what we set out to do is to write the roots of it, the origin. So it's uh, it's you know before that really perks up. And uh, so, yes, a, a lot of the steampunk uh, community is set in Victorian times. So I, um, I did a steampunk event down in Daytona back in my earlier days of doing stuff and threw together a steampunk outfit, did the magic show of steampunk, and I didn't enjoy myself. And I think the reason I didn't enjoy myself, um, and I, I probably will take a hit for saying this, but a lot of the steampunk characters were, were, were really, really very snooty. It happens and in any community. It yes. does. What's that? It happens in any community. And and um, not as much in Pirates, because Pirates is a more gritty type of a thing. Yeah. People dress up like that. They go to the trouble to get the fancy stuff, and they feel like they're in a cotillion or something. Oh, hello, darling. And it's yeah. not that they're snooty. They're portraying a bit of a snooty person. They think of Victorian as you know with the huge hair and the and all that, and they the think of it, you know a, a cup of tea and all like that. So it may come across as that way, but generally speaking, once we start talking to people and talking about you know what they're wearing or who they are or whatever, they turn into real people real fast. I was there for for a weekend down in Daytona, and it just it it I it, I just never I never felt like I fit in. It might have been because it was my first event and, and I might not have done that great a job on my magic outfit or anything I was doing. And I understand that, but I, I haven't really done it since. But your book and talking with you has made me consider that there might be there might be like I don't like I have time to do anything else. But there might be an opportunity to, to step in and maybe maybe test the waters one more time and see what happens. I'll but, tell you uh, this. There is an event that I went to a couple months ago. In West Palm Beach, and that's a bit of a ride, but it's down in West Palm Beach called Steampunk Weekend. It was fantastic. It was based on steampunk. They have an entire area of um, of a, a park or, or whatever that's close to that time period um, where you've got buildings and stuff involved. It's almost like a rim fair. Um, it's that you know scope of a, of a landscape they're playing with. And it's all steampunk, and everybody was very gracious, and we had a great – I had a great time. Well, I'll have to consider that. Um, Jim, Jim, uh, my friend Jim on the show here, he uh, threw a word out there. That was the word I was looking for. The characters in your book are charismatic. Well, thank you. Yes. Yeah, I like that. that's, that's the word I was looking for, and he threw that out there. Um, Zachary Harker says, in the 80s, the concept of diesel punk came in. Then he thinks it changed to cyberpunk in the nineties. Yes. Yes. Uh, that so is that is that about the origin of the way it went? This is the beauty of steampunk is you can take any time period and make it a steampunk thing. There are people doing uh, steampunk uh, Mandalorians. Mm -hmm. There are yep. people doing um, you know steampunk Santa Claus. Any anything you know you can take it and and put that mechanical gear driven type of thought into it and make it 
fit into Steve because of this time travel type of thinking and this wide scope of time. It's um, not really constrained to any one yeah. time. I frame. guess the time travel part helps, though. Yeah, you pick your time. Now, we have set ourselves in a pretty specific time, you know, down to a year and stuff because we wanted to do the deep dive and really get into the roots of the thing. And if you have a strong foundation, your house will stand. And that's kind of what our thinking is whenever we wanted to get the, the basis of this thing. And having as much true historical fact into it as we could cram, we needed true historical dates. So we had to have a specific time frame to start from so that we could include and incorporate all of this true history throughout the, the storytelling of the book. Well, you've done a great job with it. I think you've really picked a, a, a specific point that whatever you do and grow on uh, could very well be the basic foundation of a, of a newer or different steampunk genre, I think. That's our hope. A lot of steampunk was also based in Europe, and we're based in America. Right. So it's more yeah. of a subset or, or subclassification of steampunk. The way we're taking it. Here you go, Captain. Here's steampunk pirate. That's what we should dress like. Oh, yeah. nice. That's, yes. that's pretty cool. <laughs> a couple yeah. of undead pirates behind them. Yeah. So there we go. It's, it's I, that, that might be a good one. I uh, I I see. Uh, hey, Hellfire, are you uh, are you the one posting as uh, Captain's quarters parlay? He is. Yes. That's what I thought. Because you you are into the steampunk genre and several of the different levels of it. So. Uh, Hellfire is is kind of we we dragged him into pirate, um, but he makes a pretty good pirate too. So um, yeah, I um started the costuming hobby as a whole with my uh, father and my sister, and we uh first thing we did was a family steampunk cosplay. Oh nice! And we've been hooked on it ever since then. Excellent. I want to ask you guys and anybody listening here, if you read our book, and of course I hope you do, let us know what you think. Give Amazon. us your feedback. You very well, very well may influence the next book. And if that next book's already out, you may influence the one after that. Because we care what our reader, obviously we care what our readers think. But we want to be in touch with our audience. Now, when May and him and I worked together, we were on a ship. We were working in the round on a ship where we were no choice, but closely in touch with our audience. I love that. Yes. I love the feedback, the, the, you know, almost eye contact feedback. So if we get more feedback from our readers, then we will definitely feed that back into the book, into the stories. Amazon is always a good place to do the review, but we deeply go to Goodreads and leave you have a place for review on your website. We do not. Or they can contact you, right? You can contact us and leave a review that way if you'd like, but we prefer that you put a, a review on Goodreads. We only have, last I looked, one review on Goodreads, and it was from a woman who read the synopsis. So <laughs> it was... All right. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make it a point to do something this week for it. I would appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. As far as I remember, she gave away a, a pivotal point or a, yeah, something was, like that. It was an awful review. Yeah, uh, terrible. I, so, uh, But you struck on a good point when we were on the Black Raven and now what you're wanting to do here, know your audience. I do an acting class 
In fact, I'm getting ready to plan two acting classes for this year because I've had quite a few people asking. Um, and one of the segments of the acting class is to know your audience. Yes. As a comedian or a live performer, there are certain jokes and certain comedy lines you can't can't use. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't know your audience, and uh, you'll fall flat on your face. Knowing your audience to develop mm -hmm. the stories down the road for what you want to do is very important. So I, I'll ask everybody personally: get on there and get the book and read it, and then uh, let us know. Yeah. Let them know. Let them know. Uh, so uh, I have to keep putting my glasses on. Believe it or not, if you haven't noticed, uh, another Black Raven alumni is on uh, in our audience tonight. Paula. Hey, Paula. Yeah, Paula's there. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, so Paula's there, and she said, wait a minute, something popped up in front of me. Uh, I remember the days of Black Raven too well. Miss working with Oli and Mayhem. That show will never be the same without you. Well, I appreciate that. She I did was in the office, running the office, and we were on the ship running the ship. And yeah. we really made things work as a team. And, and uh, it was they were good days. They were good times. Yeah, they were. They were a lot. Uh, there's a Facebook user that says, miss you, brother, but we can't tell Kush who the me. Facebook users are. Kush who me. is it? Who? Kushni. Kushni. Kushni's watching. So there's another the first crew of the Black Raven was Mayhem, Lee, and Kushni. Yeah. And, you know, Lee Palace passed away about seven months ago, right? I didn't know that. Yeah. Lee Palace passed away um, in the summertime, I believe. Um, yeah. He had, he had been moved up to be with his family up north somewhere, and, and he passed away. We did a... Lee and I didn't always get along. We seldom got along. But he was a good guy in his own way, and he'll be... Absolutely. Missed. Well, he, he had a vision for the ship, and it didn't necessarily always go in, into his vision. Um, but in the long run, when you've got a lot of entertainers all working together, the vision that comes out of all that is is what works. And, and so, yeah, he passed away, I think, in July or August. We did a we did an eight bells for him two weeks ago because I didn't know either. I had no idea. Nobody said anything. It, nothing happened. Um, you know, Sylvia um, died yeah. too, right? You knew that oh. one, right? Sylvia oh. and her husband and her sister were all involved in a car accident. All three of them. Um, last April or May. April, what a great I believe. Group they were. They always hung together. Yeah. Sandy? Yeah. Is that her sister's name? Sandy, right. So that's yeah. that's right there. That's four pirates in St. Augustine in, in the in, in 2023 that all passed on and, and went on to Fiddler's Green. That's yeah. harsh, man. That's it harsh. is. It's very harsh. Uh, you know April, thank you. Parlay eight says April. That's that's. I believe it was April because uh, my quartermaster Leon and I went to Captain Morrow's event in uh, South Carolina in April, um, and on the way back is when it when it happened. We were on the very same road, but we were uh, several hours ahead of them. I believe I, I don't remember exactly the everything that went on. Um, so it's 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 been tough. It's really been tough. Uh, it was Yorktown Invasion weekend for us. Yes, the Yorktown Invasion for Parlay 8. So, very good. So, Davey, I guess maybe we should let Mini Mayhem come back on and tell us the end of the joke. Okay. Okay. It's time for the answer to the joke of the week. What is a pirate's favorite type of story? The answer is 
a sea tail. <laughs> Don't shoot the captain because I'm not responsible for most of them. Your favorite book is at the secondhand store. They... Yeah. yeah. And that, that you can find that secondhand store right next to IHOP where all the one-legged pirates go. There you go. All right. <laughs> all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've reached close to the end of our show, but I do want to say that uh, Mini Mayhem is sponsored by Salt City Life, who does our comic characters. Um, Davey, I didn't see why is all the rum gone or any of the other things tonight. I guess everything went smooth tonight, huh? Yep. All right. There's Davey. <laughs> There's Mandy. Aye. Time for another shot of rum by Hellfire. And I will always drink to that. <laughs> yeah, well, you almost look as old as you do in real life on that. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I wear it proudly. Right. The way Aye. I look at it, the way I look at it, we, we damn well earned it. Aye, indeed. Aye, we did. So we always like to say thank you to everybody that's part of the show. So, Davey, shall we do the thank you video first? Go ahead. The Captain's Quarters podcast is indeed a ship sailing the seas of the world, always in search of history, knowledge, and adventure. It takes a crew to run a ship, so we take this opportunity to thank those who help keep this ship afloat. The casting crew. Captain William Mayhem. Navigator Davy Longwood, Gunner Hellfire Henley, Cartographer Mandy Joe, The Powder Monkey, and Juan Cam. Helping others gives a crew purpose. Our treasured charities that we support. Inc. Investing in Kids. The Humane Society of St. John's County. Alias Acres, a no-kill animal rescue zone and the cadets of the St. John's County Fire Department, the four major charities that we support. But there's always room for more. You too can be part of the crew and support this show in many ways. Go to Patreon, a small monthly contribution as Potter Monkey or First Mate memberships, or a single contribution. PayPal or Venmo, Go to YouTube, hit the like and follow buttons to join our ranks and support the show. It does take a crew. Thank you. Very good, Davey. Very good. Should we show our platforms first or our numbers first? Uh, or our video for our sponsor. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Do that one. Right. Our sponsors are the power behind the wheel that drives this ship. Captain's Quarters podcast. Our major sponsor is the St. Augustine Pirate and Treasure Museum. 850 artifacts on pirate treasures and history. Marco's Pizza. If you want a good pizza, that is the place to go. Dick's Wings and Grill. Great wings, but just wonderful lunch specials throughout the week. And Ancient City Sirens, led by Miss Gina and the wonderful dancers. And if you want a great walking tour of the oldest city in the nation, Spyglass Travel will do. And the wonderful talent at Rikers Reenactors. And a great view of St. Augustine can be seen from the Matanzas River, with Florida Water Tours providing wonderful trips upon the water.
These are our sponsors and we thank them wholeheartedly and graciously. Very good, very good. So we have some good sponsors there. You can see Cooney sitting up here with me now. Yay, Cooney. Yeah. Hi. So let's see. There you go, Davey, our platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, you can watch us live on YouTube, but then at the end of the show, it downloads to Spotify and Instagram. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to learn Instagram. I'm feeling too old to be learning technology, but there it is. If you want to listen to the show, you can listen to us on Stitcher, iHeart, CastBox, Apple Podcast, and Amazon Music. Seven platforms that you can catch us on. And we have followers on all of them, ladies and gentlemen. We are doing well and quite happy. So there's our platforms. And it's always nice to give you some of our numbers to show you how well we're doing. Go ahead, baby. <laughs> So our numbers are strong. Mandy. What's that? Let's give a big shout out for Mandy. Yep. Mandy does that for us every week. Big shout out. Um, <laughs> we start yeah. to have some extra time. I'd like to see if I can't figure out some ways to add to those numbers. One of the things we want to do, ladies and gentlemen, is, is as our membership plan grows, those people that buy a special membership, we're going to do an after hour show. Um, where we might just sit around and you get to be in the show, like all these four squares here, where you see Davey and Hellfire and the Leclerc's and myself. We can bring in 11 other windows so you can sit and actually be a part of a private show and talk to the guests and have a good time. And we're thinking of doing that as an actor. We have not given up with a good name for that part of the show, but we'll see. And we're also working on a historical channel for teachers only. Um, we're looking forward to working on that and it will be just for the teachers of, of the state of Florida, but I'm sure we'll open it up to teachers all over the world. So those are our plans. You can email us at captain's quarters podcast 21 at gmail.com. 21 is for the year we started 2021 and it's been a good, good run so far. We've done really well. We're pleased. Um, I'd like to keep stressing that I want to see 1600 by my birthday. That gives us 90, 89 numbers to go. We'll see what happens. I like to always give our guests at least something to say. So how would you like to close? Read a book. If you don't <laughs> have to book to read, write a book. Yes. I like that. That's good. That's good. I'm glad we were able to get you on here and talk about your book again one more time. It is a great book. If you have not decided to buy it, I suggest you do, but I'm going to send pirates with a broken nose to come talk to you. Uh, <laughs> but it is it, it really is worth it, and I don't think anybody will be disappointed by, by buying this book. And I look forward to us working out a date in August um, that we can do something. And if we get our portable sound studio, then during Ancient City Con, we're going to have you on the show during Ancient City Con also. So. Name for the after show, The Plank. Mm. I'll think about that one. 
we'll give it some we'll give it some consideration on that note we always have a call out on how we do our show to the end gavy part of the podcast part of the crew always we can't do it without you otherwise it's just us sitting here staring at each other so we need all of you to be a part of the show cheers to you cheers to our guest tonight good luck in your second book and we look forward to seeing everyone next monday night at eight o'clock on captain's quarters podcast take it away out we go